0: What up, people? I hope you like the new music in the background. You'll be hearing a lot more experimental audio in future episodes. Thank you for being part of the Growing Health 3.0 community and listening to the show. After being inspired by the great talks at DSI Boston on September 19th at MIT, I decided to donate money to a bunch of DSI, or Decentralized Science, projects using the Gitcoin platform. Gitcoin is a GitHub-like collaboration tool that features a really cool incentivization layer to catalyze building open source software. They often have open project grants looking for funding from individuals and companies. The interesting thing is they allow company sponsors to match individual contributions for topic-specific fundraising campaigns. So using their quadratic funding mechanism, one dollar donated by an individual can yield an additional hundreds of dollars to the project owner, which I don't have to tell you is pretty significant and is an awesome incentivization tool. Best of luck to all the projects. I tweeted the list of projects I donated to on Twitter, if you're interested in looking at that. I find myself thinking about how this sort of quadratic funding mechanism can be applied to the incentives or misincentives in the healthcare industries. If you don't know what i'm talking about check out the link in the show notes for more information in this episode i had the opportunity to learn about how the fitness industry is leveraging technology to incentivize people to work out and stay fit if you've ever put on a pair of boxing gloves you'll know that they are all pretty much the same and there's little technological innovation in the kickboxing fitness space since its inception really in the 1960s and 70s from what i've gathered Kickboxing is a Japanese hybrid martial art comprising of punching and kicking. It's also known as an evolved version of the famous Muay Thai martial arts. Our guest, Moro Frota, has been in martial arts for decades and he is pursuing his vision to take kickboxing to the next level worldwide. His team literally built a brand new and patented type of smart punching bag that's already being used by different gyms. Thank you to my community member Pedro, who I met and connected me with Mara. Shout out to the block in Lisbon. You guys are great. I love any concept that helps people stay more active and pushes themselves both physically and mentally. It is essential that we push ourselves past the point of comfort if we are to improve. Measuring that improvement and making it fun is the point of gamifying health. I hope you enjoy this episode, and hopefully it'll inspire you to join a kickboxing class or even just go out for a run. At the end of the day, your wealth is your health. Remember, the Health on Chain podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and we are not providing any sort of legal, financial, or medical advice. Please do your own research and due diligence before making any important decisions related to these these matters. And now, let's get to the show. Hi, I'm your host, Ray Dogan, and welcome to Health Unchained. On this show, I'll be speaking with healthcare entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and executives who are using blockchain technologies to revolutionize healthcare. These innovators are building the distributed infrastructure and diverse communities required for a trusted, secure, and decentralized healthcare ecosystem. Enjoy the show.
1: What is blockchain? What is, blockchain? is blockchain? blockchain?
2: What is blockchain? The doctor will see you now.
0: Welcome to Health on Chain. Today, we're speaking with Moro Froda, founder and CEO of Bout, which has built a unique punching bag that not only collects data, but also connects to a platform community that will soon reward users for reaching their fitness goals. Moro, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
2: I'm very well, Ray. Thank you very much for having me here. Awesome. And tell the audience
0: where you're joining us from as well.
2: So I'm joining you guys from Lisbon, Portugal. Sunny Lisbon, yeah, and that's where we are headed. Although we are in the process of moving headquarters to sunny Miami. So, oh, beautiful, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, I connected with you through a person I actually met in Lisbon, Pedro, who was actually met them at the block. It was like a meetup in Lisbon a few months ago. So I'm really passionate about the Lisbon community. I think they really understand blockchain and pursuing pretty pretty cool things. So, let's get started with maybe just a brief introduction about yourself if you can share that with the audience so they have a better picture of who you are.
2: Yeah, so I've been involved in the fitness industry for over 22 years now and I've been training and teaching martial arts for over 33 years now. So, that's what I've been doing and early on on my career on the fitness industry I realized that selling fitness was the easy part of the business. Keeping people engaged and keeping people training over long periods, that was a challenge. And so I actually dedicated most of my career, at least 15 years, to understanding why people quit. How can we change behavior? How can we influence intrinsic motivation? And I've been talking about this, writing about this, whenever and wherever people are willing to listen to me. And after some time, I well thought that it was better for me, for us, to do my own thing and really try to influence behavior. And so Bout came to be. That's the yeah. short version, of course.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And most recently, I saw your new website, Bout.com. It's B-H-O-U-T for anyone out there. What you've built is this really cool modern punching bag that includes a camera, or I think a few cameras, sensors, and it helps the user really get the most out of their workout. So, before we get into like the technicals of how it was built and all that, of course, where do you think you see the fitness industry sort of going, especially with blockchain technology? Because you are over time incorporating some of the principles behind blockchain and Web3 so that you can build those incentive models and a behavioral model so that people can stay and continue working out and keep themselves active.
2: So, Ray, actually, let me talk about a little bit about before blockchain, about human behavior. Sure. And why do I believe that the fitness industry is in a crossroad at this moment? And the roots of that So for that. So if you look at science and anthropological studies and all of those things, we have this crazy idea in our society that, for instance, hunter-gatherers were very active and that they were voluntarily moving. That is not correct. Uh, Recent studies have found that indigenous populations still sit at least as much as we do. So being voluntarily active, it's actually against our nature. So we move mainly because we need to hunt. We need to avoid being hunted. We need to get food, move around. And that's it. All of the remaining time, These populations are seated and they sit for at least as long as we do. So there's this myth that these populations were moving a lot. They were not. And actually, this is embedded in our DNA. But now we are this modern human being that sits on a computer all day. And so the fitness industry came to be by a few gathering of people that actually take pleasure from exercise. But these very small group of people, they are not the norm. They are the outliers. But they've built an industry for everybody with the assumption that everybody loves to exercise, everybody loves to move. But that is not correct. And that took us to where we are at this moment. The fitness industry is losing something between 40 to 65 percent of people joining them over the first three to six months. And so the problem is here. This is a crossroad of the industry. We believe that the only way to move forward is by changing the behavior through nudging, through gamification, and that's what we are doing. And now talking a little bit about blockchain and web three and the future of the industry. So what we are seeing now is an effort to blend fitness and gaming, actual video games on combined with exercise. Because That's, I believe, one of the only and the most powerful way to keep all of these millions and millions of people who don't exercise and that will never exercise to have them start moving. We lose ourselves in a video game. Now we play four or five hours a day, but that's actually unhealthy behavior. And we are trying to make this healthy. And I believe that the metaverse will be the strongest bet for the fitness industry going forward. Of course, blockchain will play a part on it, especially when we talk about what we are doing and others that is paying people to exercise, either by blockchain, but this is a strategy. This is one of the strategies.
0: Sure. And that's really interesting because if you think about it, these technologies that led us to this sedentary lifestyle is now we're going to build on it and it's going to help us be more active and fit. So I think that's pretty cool how we're coming full circle with that. And the metaverse, like you said, is going to encourage people because it'll be more seamless with reality potentially. So it'll feel more real. So you're not sitting and punching buttons on your thumbs and fingers, but it's more engaging. Your whole body is being used. So it's kind of like laser tag. Maybe 20 years ago, laser tag was a thing. It's sort of like exercise gaming, (laughs) but now we're doing it in many different ways. So that's awesome. Tell us a little bit more about Bout's vision and mission. So I understand you're starting off with this punching bag. Do you have a more broad vision that you can share with the audience?
2: Yeah. So I did that intro mm-hmm. so that the audience can understand what was our starting point. And so actually in Bout, we believe that being fit should not be like another to-do on a list that you have at home and that you check it. People have tried that for, for the last 30 to 40 years, it doesn't work, you know. Being fit should be something that is engaging, that is exciting, that you really want to do. And that's our mission, is to create products, services, in order to bring back this engagement. And the way we are doing it is by creating a boxing bag and gamifying it. And so imagine a bag that actually feels like you are hitting something biological. We want to make this as real as possible. And so the bag itself, not considering the tech for now, but the bag itself, it's a multi-layered bag. And it actually feels like you are hitting something biological. I think it's the closest you will get to hit a person or something like that without having problems with the law. It's a place where people can actually vent. And so we are now creating more fitness-related content as we start, but we are moving more and more into gaming. And our, our vision in the next two three years is to start releasing games. So imagine that you are at your home and I am at my home and we are saving the planet from an alien invasion. But you are actually seeing the alien in the bag and you are actually eating something that seems biological. So that's the level of reality we are bringing to this. And our assumption is that we will lose track of time. We'll be spending calories, doing a lot of cool stuff. We'll be doing squats, but we won't be doing squats in a sense that you don't know it's a squat you know?
0: (laughs) You're just sort of like ducking out of the way, right? Yeah. Similarly with the beat saber game i don't know if you've played that game it's a game on the oculus 2 i think and yeah similarly you have to dodge out of the way so you're doing squats but you're just having fun so that's really innovative i think and
2: it's it's completely different to strike the open air or to strike a bag the level of excitement comes up a notch it's the fight or flight response this is the fight response we are training people for empowerment people actually feel empowered by hitting something again it's in our dna it's a lot of progress since
0: the one punch at the carnival where you try to hit a, a large score. So this is a big improvement on that.
2: Exactly. exactly. And actually, yesterday we had like this engineering report and I slept this, this night as I haven't slept for the last month nice. because we are now within industry standards. So we are now over 86% accuracy on detecting the location of the strikes on the bag. And we are improving that. Yeah, thank you. It was a huge milestone for us. And only with three sensors. So, we, and we are now using sensor fusion to go close to a hundred. But remember that Fitbit is has around ten to fifteen percent margin of error. So we are way within the huh. industry standards. But we want to go even close to one hundred, if possible, one hundred. So I slept very well this this evening. This I'm glad to night. hear that. <laughs> Sleep is an
0: important part of health as well <laughs> and recovery. So exactly. <laughs> So thinking about this product, obviously, you were thinking about who your customers will be. Are they going to be gyms, individuals in their homes? I think you mentioned hotels to me in the past as well. So what was the process like for you searching for this market product fit?
2: So I actually don't remember the name of the person who wrote or said the sentence, but we believe that the best description for us of product market fit is retention. If people keep paying for it and if they keep being engaged, then you have product market fits. So if we look Through this lens, the only product market fit we really have at this moment is our first club test. One year ago, so we opened on the 9th of August of last year. We just turned one year. We threw a huge party. It was very nice. And in in that club, the numbers are through the roof. They're actually not normal numbers for the industry. Uh, I can give you a few examples. So uh, we did a pre-sale that started four months before we opened doors. And we are already one year after keeping 80% of the people that came to us during the pre-sale. We have a very low monthly churn. We are doing the NPS, the net promoting score. We are keeping a strong NPS above 97%. We already have above 800 reviews in different platforms, five stars out of five. So we know we have product market fit in there. It's working. So now we are taking elements and what we've learned on the club The nudging, the music, the wave of light, the colors, all of this tech nudging platform that we have created, and we are incorporating this on the back. And we are talking, we have our head of growth, a big shout out to, to Salvador, which has been huge piece of this puzzle. We are approaching, like you mentioned, hotels, corporate offices, and we are going also through the home-connected fitness markets and so on. And we know now that there's a huge interest in corporate offices. So we did nine interviews and eight of them want to get the belt bag ASAP. Other companies are going after the corporate market, but we believe it's more exciting to have a bag where you can play games, where you can compete, where you can do a lot of cool stuff in your office. We believe that for most people, this could be more exciting than a treadmill or a bike. We don't have anything against it, it's just for us it's easier to gamify than for these other products. So that's been huge. Hotel, we are actually having organically, so a lot of people are developing interest in what we are doing, and we are being approached by very, very big brands. I'm not in the point where we can start releasing this info, but I can tell you that we are getting contacts from New York, from Miami, from very well-established brands in the fitness space or groups of people that built and sold big fitness brands. And we are being approached and they want to partner with us. They want to bring us to the United States. The American market is built, is is already ready for us. So the European market, we still have to work on that. So our strategy is to go to the United States first and then return to Europe. And so there are a lot of things happening. And the best part is, is that it's happening organically. So we are not having to do a lot of effort to accomplish this at this moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is a punching bag, so it's somewhat limited in what it can do. For example, it's not a bike. It's not a treadmill. However, there are some additional accessories like resistance bands, I think, that you can use with the bag, which I think was a pretty cool addition. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more in detail about the design, the hardware design. We talked about sensors. You said that I know there's cameras on it and it uses AI to detect how well you're doing. It also has its own gloves. So you want to talk a little bit in more detail about that for those people that are super curious about the details?
2: Yeah, so we've designed our bag from the start. So we had this vision and we started with like with a blank page. There's a lot of buzzwords being thrown in the fitness industry or in the health space now. One of them is AI, computer vision, but I was actually going through my records and I started thinking about incorporating 3D computer vision back in. 2017 i don't believe there was one product in the market one fitness product in the market at that time with the camera incorporated so we are thinking about this for quite some time now we just know how to raise money now we know we are learning but that gave us time to have a mature product at this moment so i've explained the bag itself is multi-layered so it feels like you are hitting something biological and the core of the bag is water most of the human body is made of water water although it's all over the body the biggest concentration is in our organs in this side of the body so the inner layer of the bag is comprised of water we are already applying for four or five patents on the bag and the tech so one of them is our water bladders. So we have four individual water bladders that stack on top of each other, and then you build one big water bladder. Then you have layers of foam high and medium density that mimic the density of connective tissue, muscle tissue, and so on. So one of the things we figured out early on was that the amount of water on the bladders was influencing the algorithm. And so we needed to have sensors on the bottom of the bag, on the docking station, to continuously know the amount of water in each bag because we want to, imagine, create a competition league. And so we need to level the playing field. We need to make sure that everybody has the same amount of water and that is covered. And the way we looked at the bag and at the bag design, we wanted to create a giant PlayStation. So that was the vision. What do you need to play a game in a bag? So you need, from the side of the bag, the bag needs to know where it's being hit and how hard? And on the side of the people playing, of the guy or girl playing, you need to know what he or she is throwing at the bag, what stride, what technique, and so on. And so we added the 3D computer vision, and the brain, the AI is analyzing all of the sensors. So it fixates to seventeen joints, and it analyzes thirty frames per second. So we know everything that's being thrown at the bag. And we are ready at this moment to create fitness content, gaming content, because the the MGP, the the concept is already on its final preparation days.
0: I have a couple of questions. One is for the games. So you mentioned how you'll be able to develop these new types of games, whether it's aliens coming to attack you or something else. Are you going to open up that platform for other developers to build games on your infrastructure or are you keeping it a closed source platform for now what's your strategy with that
2: so our concerning that our vision is that our bag is more like an iphone okay i'm throwing some analogies but it helps to paint this picture so an an iphone without the apps you can call someone and little else so an iphone or a smartphone comes to life when you add the apps you like and so if you look at apple they design some of the apps but some of the apps are designed by third-party companies that's actually our reasoning so we are developing some of the content but we are keeping this open so that other companies can create other verticals explore other verticals and create content because the more content we have in this giant playstation the more we can get to more people and our vision is to have where there's people there can be a boxing bag it can be in airports it can be it will so, be the
0: lounge at the airport, right? If I have two hours to chill, exactly. I could work out, go take a shower, and I'll feel ready for the flight.
2: <laughs> Imagine that you have an altercation during traffic, you, and you can choose between hitting the bag or hitting the guy on the other car. It's more civilized to hit the bag. Well, you so want to put a, a bag a, in a car now? <laughs> no, <laughs> Maybe we want a tiny to put <laughs> them everywhere. No, it's just, it's just yeah. but the, the idea is mean. that the, the closest someone is from a bag, Again, we need to vent as a society. We we also need to vent, and that's sure. a very good way to vent. <laughs> that's
0: fair. And the other question I had actually was about the water bladders internally in the center of, like I guess the core of the bag. So, do people have to refill the water? Is that do you put some chemical so it doesn't go bad? Is there anything like that considered?
2: well we have one year testing we are testing the current bladders for over one year and there's not a problem with the water itself so the bags we are testing at this moment it's a unique bladder and it's not easy to assemble at home so okay. imagine that you have to put over 120 liters of water and then insert it inside the bag so
0: so it's delivered with the water inside of it is that what you're no, saying no 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 no, no, the, no.
2: no. So that's why we've created these 20-liter bladders that stack on top of each other. And so it's very easy when you are assembling the bag in your home, you connect everything, you connect with the app, you connect with the the scale, you go to your bathtub, put 20 liters of water in one, close it, insert it in the bag, the bag will tell you. So the first one is here, it's correct, insert the second one. You just insert four on top of each other, they stack together, and that's it so we are making the product very easy to assemble so we want everybody to be able to assemble their own bag at home
0: thanks for clarifying that and for the gloves is there any specific sort of tooling or sensors on the gloves itself or is it only on the bag
2: We've considered it Ray, but uh, there are already some companies in the United States and elsewhere building and gamifying the gloves. The problem is you can only gamify striking with your fists, punches. We wanted to gamify the bag, not the gloves, because by doing that, you can gamify everything. You can throw knees, elbows, kicks. You can actually throw anything to the bag, and you know what's being thrown, where, the amount of power everything so that was our our strategy if you look at the market as well people don't realize this but kickboxing for fitness combined with boxing for fitness in the united states the market penetration is actually double the size of uh, stationary cycling which still remains we believe the core business for peloton for instance and others they have other products treadmills and so on but the main product we believe is still the treadmill Mm. and so We have double the penetration. The bike, yeah. Yeah, So the market is underserved. And the companies that you have already in the market in the United States are gamifying only boxing. And again, if you look at the statistics, kickboxing for fitness actually has double the penetration compared to boxing for fitness. So we are in this unique position to enter the American market and be the first ones to gamify everything, to offer a complete product.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, no, that's... I mean it's obvious that you've thought a lot about this and have done your research on in this market so it's really great plus you have like 20 30 years of experience with (laughs) athletes in this space so what adoption challenges have you faced when working with gyms customers what what have they challenged you on
2: so we are uh, like i told you we are still exploring so we are early stage we have one club so we are talking with other gyms we were actually approached again by a giant fitness club chain from the United States. And they are very straightforward. They want the bag, they want the stats that we can deliver, but they want to create their own programs. And that's perfect. So we don't want to impose our programs. So if you just want the bag and the stats, that's perfect. If you want a complete solution, that's also cool. So we are very open in that sense. But we are still talking with a lot of potential customers. We are in that place where we are still defining where we are going to build it. At this moment, we are trying to not build it in Asia. A lot of uncertainty. So we are actually planning of opening our own factory here in Portugal. So we are still in this. We have a very cool MVP. We are talking with a lot of people. There's a lot of interest, but we actually haven't started shipping bags yet. So the idea is that by October, we can have the first four complete prototypes. One will go to the United States, probably New York, and others will be shipped to the strategic partners so that they can start showing and demoing the product in their markets. So like I said, we are early stage. We are starting to raise a seed round. So, yeah.
0: Sure. How many employees do you have at the moment? About
2: So we are not so many. And I have them all working crazy hours. Uh, <laughs> but that's startup life. That's the life. So it's me and my co-founder, Pedro. And we started this. Or For some time, it was me, then me and him. And after we raised the first, uh, the pre-seed, we started adding valuable members to our team. We have a head of growth. We have a head of fitness products. We just hired our COO. We are hiring a head of community. And then we have the coaches. So we are training seven new coaches as we speak. We just finished training four and then we st- we are still keeping the four coaches' initial team. So this is where we are now. And of course, like I told you, we are moving the headquarters to Miami. Our main market is the United States. Some people we are hiring in the United States so we need to hire like a a chief marketing officer must be someone who understands the american market we cannot have them here in in portugal oh sorry and and i forgot then we have engineering uh, engineering as well of course
0: sure the coaches are they trained specifically on the bag to help new users or or do you anticipate like the bag itself may one day be the coach like maybe you have a screen and there'll be a coach on the screen or do you anticipate for the foreseeable future, having live people in the room coaching.
2: So the the model that we have now, we have live coaches. So we have people in the room and the bag is providing more data. We are now starting to train the AI to recognize what is a correct pattern of movement, how deviated you are, and how can we coach you to have correct form. So we are actually hoping and we are having very good intros to, to some elite fighters UFC fighters, boxing fighters, and uh, if these guys can land us so you are doing a training sequence but you are seeing it someone very good at boxing or kickboxing or muay thai and then we are the AI is comparing your technique to theirs actually the token that we are releasing is part of this reward system that nudges good behaviors and so we are training this AI as well So we will always have live coaches, but again, the AI will be there to support you 24-7 as a virtual coach.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the token that's up and coming. It's the JAB token, if I'm not mistaken. And what's the model behind the token? So like, how is it minted? What's the initial genesis of the token? How many are being distributed, maybe to early users or something? Can you describe, are you still developing that plan? What's the status of
2: that? Yeah, so we actually, we haven't released this yet, so we are having it reviewed, but our white paper is 95% done. So we were very fortunate to have one of the founders of Sweatcoin in our board, so he's actually helping us, Oleg is helping us a lot figuring out the tokenomics. We are in the same space, this sweat worn space. But let me first explain why a token. Again, we are not big into buzzwords. Things need to make sense. So we design for human behavior change in layers. And so all of the equipment, the app, everything is a combination between intrinsic motivation strategies and extrinsic motivation strategies and this actually is a mix between science and art because if you put too much extrinsic rewards you can actually undermine intrinsic motivation to users that are not intrinsically motivated enough don't know if i made my point came across
0: no it made sense and i can explain it again for anyone it's just what you're trying to say is there needs to be a certain amount of internal motivation from the user from the person and if you have too much extrinsic value or if you hang a carrot Too many carrots. People are not going to care about the internal value that they can Uh, gain from working out. They'll focus just on getting that carrot or that money or the tokens. Yeah,
2: And and actually, it undermines. So let's look at PBLs. So PBLs are points, badges, and leaderboards. So most apps rely strongly on PBLs. But if you look at the science, science will tell you that Too much PBLs, too much focus on points, badges, and leaderboards will actually undermine motivation, not enhance it, at least in people that have lower intrinsic motivation. Users that have high intrinsic motivation, that are very competitive, will actually want to keep improvement. But those are not most users. Remember what I've said in the beginning. These are the type of people that created an industry that's supposed to be for everyone, but is not. So we designed this in layers. And we we tend to look a lot to the science. Our idea is that people don't realize how scientific our solution is, but it is. So if you look at science, you'll see that one of the layers, one of the lines of research concerning extrinsic motivation is actually paying people to exercise. And that was our starting point. In the beginning, we were not thinking about rewarding them with a token. We knew that we wanted to add this layer tokens and Web3 actually made the most sense. And so that's how it came to be. So it's not because it's a buzzword, not because we are trying to raise money on these buzzwords, metaverse and AI. We are actually searching for the science behind all of this for some time now. Excellent.
0: I appreciate that explanation. But with any business, of course, you still have to make money to pay your employees and to make sure that you're continuing operations. So What is your business model? And you might have touched on this a little bit, but how do you make money?
2: So we sell the bag. Uh, That's a first. And then we have a monthly recurring fee from the app. So it's the same model as Fight Camp and Lightboxer or Climber or Peloton or other fitness tech companies. But we have this hybrid approach. So we'll have our own clubs. And the objective is very easy to memorize. In the next 10 years, we want to have 1 million connected bags and 1,000 of our own clubs. So it's big numbers, easy to memorize. But that's the goal, you know, put the bags out there. And that's how we make money. The clubs are actually very profitable. So we have proving a lot of things with the clubs. We don't have a front office uh, or a reception. We keep costs very low. Everything is highly technological. And that means that we are, in this first test club, we are releasing an EBITDA of around 50%. And we are releasing an EBITDA per square meter at this moment, which is actually the double of the average of the boutique industry in the United States. So the clubs are highly profitable because of this extensive use of tech without losing touch of the customer needs and having high satisfaction. So we are accomplishing that by this combination of tech and life coaches. That's already tested, highly profitable. We have product market fit. Going forward, we have this model of selling the equipment plus a monthly fee. The vision also is that with the token, people can actually we believe that health has value we believe that your sweat has value and actually you can get gloves you can upgrade your avatar so you invest in a bag but you actually with time can have that investment back by with your sweat, which we think it's kind of cool
0: that is pretty cool you can buy a piece of equipment and then By using it so much, it pays for itself. That's a pretty cool concept, I think. And I think a lot of products can potentially do that in the future, especially as we develop these tokenomic models that are really new, we haven't seen before. What's the culture like behind your community? I know you mentioned that you're looking for a new community manager or somebody to hire. What do you want to instill in the community?
2: So a lot of fitness apps and products and companies talk a lot about community and how can we mimic in the digital space the connection that users have on gyms. And I believe that the companies that can nail this will be the biggest ones in the future. I can tell you that the first release of the app So, the way we put content out there, it's not your usual app as well. So, the normal way to consume content in an app, in a fitness app, is that someone produces the content and you are receiving the content in a passively way. We are actually putting things differently. So, we are building thousands of hours of content, but in one minute blocks. And actually, through the app, the community will be creating the routines. The community will be creating community pockets or community groups, big or small, managing them. So almost like if you have a small Instagram inside our app. So you can create your sequence, your routine, you can play it, you can see your stats, and then you can challenge everyone in your small community to try and beat you in your own game. And actually in the screen you are seeing my score, imagine I created the content, you are seeing my score at the exact time where you are playing yourself. And so it needs to pass the test of reality. But we believe the concept is actually quite interesting to put the power to the people, all like of those, those things that Web3 is, uh, is big on, giving power to the people, people are building the content. We really believe in that. And so For the first version, that's it. So in five minutes, you create content, you play it, you share it. And uh, we are looking at a way to create. uh, Not everybody will create content. So we know this. Most people will be more into consuming content that people they trust have built. So like I told you, we are looking at this as a blank page. Of course, we analyze a lot of other companies, but we are trying not to be limited by them. We are trying to think, look at the science, look at other apps and to see what could make sense to the people. We tend to look a lot to psychological theories like the self-determination theory, and we try to build it with those frames. There's a lot of research and we believe that many developers, not all of course, there are some developers doing amazing things, but a lot of people are lazy they don't like to look at the science. They don't like to do the research. There's a lot of upfront work, so yeah. Yeah, they tend to copy more other products and then to create something that is actually unique, new, and that can really help to change the world. Because like Albert Einstein said, if you are doing the same mistakes over and over again, we won't create something new.
0: Yeah, and something about being insane, right? Doing the same mistakes again. Well, Moro, that was really awesome. I learned a lot about the company. I have a few more questions, more personal questions that if you still have the time, I'd love to ask you. First, actually, is if you had to have a microchip implanted in your body, where would you want it to be implanted? We talk a lot about sensors on the bag. What about on your body?
2: Well, I tend to be tech savvy. So if I had trust on who was developing the chip, I don't think I was not afraid to implant it anywhere in the Mm. body. So I would be open to everything if I had trust on the company or the team building the the product, the chip, or whatever. And and, and companies will need to build this trust.
1: Welcome to the Health Unchained News Corner. The Mayo Clinic, which was just listed as the number one best smart hospital in the world, according to Newsweek Journal, has recently announced that it will onboard a blockchain-integrated platform called Trial, for a two-year multicenter pulmonary arterial hypertension trial that includes 10 research sites and more than 500 patients. The goal is to ensure end-to-end clinical data integrity for clinical trials from the initial startup to post-study evaluations by using Trials Veritable Proof API. According to the tech company's announcement, the platform will provide secure, decentralized data capture, document management, study monitoring, and electronic consent for the clinical trial. Trial has developed the Blockchain Integrated Document Management System, Virial, ETMF, used in the world's first blockchain-supported clinical trials. In March of 2022, trial partnered with Crucial Data Solutions, a software provider for clinical trial data collection and management that has been used in more than 7,000 clinical trials worldwide. The platform is tokenized with the company's native TRL token, which can be used to compensate clinical trial participants, meaning it is used by third parties to access the platform. If successful, Trial hopes to collaborate further decentralized medical research with the Mayo Clinic. Although optimistic, Dr. John Halamka, president of the Mayo Clinic platform, has said, The use of blockchain for healthcare distributed ledger technology with no central authority over data that provides secure, reliable, real-time data storage and sharing has been promising but limited so far. It's great to see the Mayo Clinic continuing to experiment with blockchain after the Mayo Clinic initially explored the use of blockchain for storing electronic health records in 2018 with London-based medical chain. That use case did not seem to gain traction. We'll be sure to keep track of this project for you and share progress updates in our Telegram community and Twitter. If you want to learn more about these companies... You can listen to Health Unchained's Episode 3 with Medical Chain CEO, and more recently, Episode 94 with the CEO of Trial. Check out the show notes for more information about this announcement and a list of 10 participating research sites. And now, back to the conversation with your host, Ray, and guest, Maura Froto CEO of Bound.
0: Do you have a favorite book that maybe has influenced you in the way you do business or live life
2: yeah so i have two or three books that have influenced the the development of this product one of them is uh, actionable gamification by yu kai chu so that's like a master thesis on human focused design gamification and so on it's like the bible of gamification that's a very strong one we have the, the bible of nudging which is called nudge from richard taylor but recently, I just finished a few weeks ago to read Build by Tony Fadel. And man, that book changed my life. <laughs> it's amazing the amount of jams of expertise that he throws out there. His times at Apple, building the iPod and the iPhone with Steve Jobs. His time at Nest. Before Apple, it's for someone building a product, building a startup that should be almost mandatory reading it became my favorite that's so awesome. it's
0: an amazing book thanks for sharing that yeah that's definitely three good books three good books to check out so i appreciate that
2: I'm, I'm a bookworm ray so i'm always reading i have like shelves i'm actually reading right now i'm reading the mom test and the lean startup they're actually here with me <laughs> so that's what i'm reading now the mom test helps you navigate if someone is lying to you about your product, you know, if you can pass the mom test, because your mom always tells you that your product is the best. If you pass the mom test, you're, you're up to it to go. And I'm, I'm starting to read the lean startup. That's what I'm reading at this moment. Classic, Nice. But I'm always reading.
0: That's awesome. Next question here is, do you have a famous role model? And I would like to refine it just to say maybe an athlete or a business leader that you either have followed or you think has inspired you in some way you be able to hear that
2: yes so uh, it's a cliche but steve jobs that's probably the biggest cliche of course not his infamous people skills i hope not but his vision and especially the way he always believed that tech must be for everyone and so you need to make it simple Otherwise, you won't make it. And that's a big lesson from Steve Jobs. And also the power of design. The design of our bag was designed, was inspired by Apple and by Apple products. So when we sit with the product designer, an amazing Greek guy uh, called Evangelos, the briefing was, look, we want to have a bag that looks like an Apple product that people are proud to have in their homes, in their living room and show everybody in their family their friends so this was more or less the brief and we believe we have it we believe the product design is actually it's slick, it's beautiful it's something that people you have the two mood rings it syncs music with the mood rings automatically we are developing nine music stations based on our experience that will all be in the app, and you, you choose intensity and complexity while you are building it. You press play, and it will match. So the mood rings, you just take the light out of your living room, and the mood rings and the music will do the rest. So actually, we will transform your living room in like this nightclub meets fitness studio meets gaming studio. That's the vibe we are going, we are going for.
0: That's interesting. I didn't know about the mood ring. So is the mood ring something you wear, like a ring, or is it just the lights rings?
2: We have two mood rings on the back, one of the bottom and one on the top that automatically sync with the music. Like I told you, nine radio stations. So uh, considering cardio, you can choose yellow music, light orange, orange, or red. The style of music is different. The volume is different. The BPMs are different. This has all been tested. These are the nudging principles that we tested in the club and we are incorporating in the bag. And you choose complexity. I I want sequences with two strikes, three strikes, four strikes, five strikes. And so you build your training program, your routine, you press play, and everything happens automatically. You have this nudging experience. So imagine going forward with the game. So you have the ability to manipulate light on the bag. How cool is that? You are playing a video game in the metaverse. We can change the light in the bag and the wave of light and the color and everything.
0: Sure. It's an augmented experience, augmented reality experience, yeah. essentially. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, Mauro, this has been an excellent conversation. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all this information with us. I'm looking forward to trying out the bag in Miami whenever it's ready, so please let me know. I want to fly down there from Boston. Is there anything else you wanted to share with the audience before we conclude here?
2: Well, maybe just to search for a product you love Do your homework. That's what I find people are lacking. And go for it. So let's try to change the world. We may not be able to, but I needed to take this product out of my system. (laughs) I didn't tell this story, but uh, I actually dreamt about this product. A real dream. Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it was very strange. I never remember what I've dreamt. And I had like this very vivid dream. uh, And I sat down with my wife and I said, look, I have to take this out of my system. Otherwise, I won't be able to live with myself. Uh, and of course, we needed to have some decisions in our life. I could not accept full-time jobs where that were preventing me to pursue this. So I've oriented my life into this, this product because I really needed to take this out of the system. And I think most founders feel this. You, ha- you have this itch. And if you don't take it out of your system, it's like you're going insane. So... It's almost out of the system. <laughs> and this is a, yeah, it's like I told you, I already slept very well last night with the engineering report. <laughs> Hopefully the next night will also be good.
0: I'm glad to hear that. And when your white paper is ready as well, I'm happy to share that with the community too. So again, Moro Frodo, thank you very much for your time. Looking forward to a future conversation.
2: Thank you, Ray. It was amazing to be here.
0: Hey, all you cyberpunk health warriors and nimble digital Disruptors. Check out healthunchained.org and remember to subscribe to Health Unchained on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Join the Health Unchained community on our Telegram group t.me/healthunchained. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends, your bosses, your teams, your students to listen and subscribe. Thank you.